Um, okay, so this is Founder of Radio, episode number nine. And today is a guest speaker. We have Ksenia Bushva, who is the co-founder of uh, Six Nomads, um, who just raised about $100,000 in pre-seed round, and they're planning to raise more. And today she will tell us about uh, low-budget growth hacking, the most initial thing for raising seed funding. So, Ksenia, why don't you kick off with some uh, background about yourself and about the company? Yeah, sure. <coughs> so, hello, everybody. <laughs> nice to see you or hear you. Um, my background is pretty not connected with startups, like, at all. So, I was finishing my university and uh, on the last year, um, I was studying journalism and I was going to be a journalist, uh, but I had a few attempts here and I failed them. And I thought that maybe if I'm not good at, like, at working for people, maybe I should start something on my own. And at that point, I started my first startup and I even didn't know like all my startups right now are in HR tech space. But back at the time, I didn't even know what was an HR tech and we started um, a project um, similar to the news.com that maybe you know it's like quite popular in the USA. Um, we started it in, in Moscow. Uh, and after that, we understood that, that what is HR tech space and what we can do there. And I started like, growing my knowledge there. And um, back to Six Nomads, we started in 2018, like October 2018 with um, quite a different product in Russia. So we started as, um, I would say, something like Russian top town, um, but quite fast understood that there is a much bigger opportunity to help people hire remote developers and designers and help uh, tech professionals to find the work outside their like locations, outside their limits. And this is what we started to do. And it's been a year now. That's pretty cool. And here, I want to actually ask you a question. Uh, most startups think that remote or distributed work is pretty dangerous, especially in the beginning of the startup. But you are focusing on that technology. So uh, why do you think that's the future? Um, you're definitely right that most of the people are still um, afraid of going remote. And this is quite understandable. I think that's all like psychological like fear of losing control. So most of the managers and C-level um, people are control freaks, if I could say that. And they really want to know what's going on. They want to have this illusion of people sitting in one, I don't know, space and um, like, it feels like it's much easier to control them, but um, the truth is not, because right now we say that Slack is in the office and you don't really need to gather people around one table to, I don't know, solve any problem to create their startup or something. Um, we decided to focus on this uh, field because we are remote team, first of all, so I'm in San Francisco and a lot of my team members are distributed through Europe and Russia. And this is actually a really convenient way of working, that you don't need to spend time on commuting, you don't need to uh, 
some time and you know hanging out in, in the office you can do other things like in your home base um but, uh, speaking of like business part um there are not a lot of comps so most of the companies are still not remote and there are not a lot of them that are going remote and this is where we're focusing right now so we're working with them we're working with distributed and remote teams we are uh, researching how do they work how, how do they manage to how do they manage people how do they work remotely to create like the best product to remote hiring Oh, wait, yeah, that's pretty true that in 21st century, it's pretty useless to actually gather everyone around one office. Uh, I think it's kind of bullshit too, but many people still stick to that strategy. Um, so uh, you said that you've started your startup in Russia and then you have relocated to San Francisco. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Why did you make the decision? How did it pay out? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so it was uh, summer and uh, um, I was going to Las Vegas <laughs> for uh, HR Tech, like the hugest uh, Society for Human Resources conference. It's like the biggest thing for HRs in the world, well, at least in the USA. And uh, um, when I was going there, I thought, so yeah. It's gonna be really interested to come to San Francisco and check the whole tech space, how things work here. Maybe talk to some other tech founders, talk to my clients because like most of my clients are um, working in San Francisco or in the Valley. So yeah, when I came here, I started talking to them. I met so many different cool people. And I and I understood that it's quite it's not so easy to manage uh, client relationships being in Moscow, really. And I thought so maybe I could spend one more month, maybe I can you know figure it out more. And yeah, that's what at some point I understood that this is the place to be if you want to like grow fast, if you want to meet the right people, and if you are looking for some kind of investment in your project and also advisors. So I gave, uh, found an advisor for us here. Um, so uh, you think that actually moving to San Francisco uh, really helped you raise funds? Um, not only funds, um, I'm mostly focused on um, finding new clients and talking to like find, finding new co companies because a lot of our like core clients are startups with uh, like three millions of funding and more and uh, at some point they started thinking okay so now we got funding now we need to grow fast now we've got to show uh, like our uh, power and how how should we do that should we hire locally or should we go remote and i'm getting pretty good at convincing people that they should start a remote team because it's really much better for a startup at this point. Okay, so let's talk about the main topic for today, the growth hacking. Uh, you have raised only about $100,000, which is not, not too much, but it's also pretty good money. Uh, before you raised, what was your attraction? Uh, so actually, we raised this money um, in February this year. 
and before we get attraction in Russia. So we were raising money for the new idea uh, and we were raising money at the point where we say, okay, we got this like first business in Russia working, but we're not satisfied with it. We want to do something bigger. And we actually were uh, like attracting this money for the new idea. It was like nobody cared about the previous traction. We were raising this money to help us to, to kickstart us uh, for the new global market. So no one really cared about what sort of traction you got in Russia. So how did you yeah. raise them? Uh, so we actually were raising them in uh, Russia also. So it was not, it was before I came here. And we were talking to people there. We were talking to angel investors saying like, guys, this is what we're going to do. We have this plan. When we were working on our like, um, or we, we were showing off all the processes and all the traction. We're going to show them later. So we just, created this plan and yeah and say that we already tried hiring people remotely so we had this experience like a couple of times and we just explained how that worked and we knew that a lot of people on our platform wanted to go remote wanted to find job like um, outside the, it was only like Russian people that time but they wanted to work for like uh, Silicon Valley startup or I don't know Israeli startup, and yeah, yeah. this is what we just we just were um, you know painting this picture to our investors, potential investors. That's actually a really uncommon story. What I usually hear is that people who are painting such pictures or just like drawing some projections about future uh, cash flows, let's say. Uh, can't really raise money because investors need something tangible, you know. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. How, how are you different from all those people who tried to do the same thing but didn't raise money at the end? I think that, okay, we had some kind of traction. It was not too bad in Russia. And the point we were making is like, uh, look, uh, we, were working, we were working in the hard tech space, both me and my founders. So we all know how that works. Um, we have a really strong core team with developers and data scientists and stuff. And uh, we, all, we already tried that in Russia, but the market is too small. It's really narrow and it's, like, it's not interesting to work here. So let's try something really outstanding and cool. Let's try to go like outside our location boundaries or any other boundaries and let's start something like global and people were actually responding to this idea and we were saying that um well it's it might not be easy but it's definitely going to be really interesting and worth it and yeah basically that was it <laughs> i really i can't remember right now what was like the selling point of this but yeah we managed to do that it's pretty cool and pretty rare too uh so let's talk about how you got first clients i know that hr space is really really crowded um and developers are in real high demand pretty much around the world so uh and with the how do you manage to get the clients especially the first clients how did you do that 
So yeah, we have a marketplace. So we both have users uh, who are like designers and developers who are looking for a job. And we have, from the other side, we have companies who are looking to hire someone. And uh, I would really start with the talent part with developers and designers because this is like something we um, care, we really care about. Because you you said right that teacher space right now is pretty heated, but the winner here is someone who somehow managed to gather the best talent. So the quality of the talent and the presentation of the talent is the main thing here, and this is what we we've been doing for like, I don't know first three to five months. We were just gaining as many cool developers and designers as we can get. And we used like really different strategies to do that. And this is where we started growth hacking because it uh, appeared to be quite, uh, quite pricey to, for example, attract developers from the USA. And yeah, one thing about like hiring people remotely, you need to have people in every time zone you can imagine. So we can't focus on hiring people only from, for example, USA or Latin America. We can't focus on hiring people only in Europe. We need to have them all around the world to like satisfy our clients because our clients are also from around the world. Uh, but we started with the um, Israeli companies so the first idea was um, to go to Israel because we, have, we already had a database of uh, Russian engineers and designers. And yeah, time zone wisely, it's um, not convenient to work with Russia if you are in San Francisco. For example, as I do, I have um, like late night calls from midnight to like two o'clock which is not very cool <laughs> and i understand that either me or my team should suffer with this communication so we work asynchronously right now but back at that time we only had like engineers from like uh, moscow st petersburg and other big russian cities and we wanted to uh, we wanted them to be hired and we got went to israel market and i started like talking to everyone i could get I started talking to recruiters, startup founders. I started doing um, a Facebook ads uh, with um, like um, um, the proposition was not to not go and hire someone. The proposition was like help us understand this trial market, help us understand do should we start like helping you setting up the remote team? Are remote teams the option? Uh, for this market. And this is what we started to do. So first you have started really with not acquiring customers, but with talking to them, basically. Yeah, so first we had uh, this, uh, like some engineers in our database, and we started talking to clients from Israel to understand like what's the market there. And it appeared that um, there, is a, there is a huge tech hub in Tel Aviv, but everybody knows everybody there so they're like we're hiring the same people over and over again because we don't have any like more but um they had a really huge uh, fear 
of hiring remotely and I think we had our first client from Israel within like three weeks after the research. So we started researching. We we started doing cold emails. We started doing like local advertising on like uh, not in English. And we started talking to as many as many potential clients as we could get. We called it's the customer development that it was but it quite fast led us to hiring. That's pretty cool. I've heard that cold emails don't really work. Did that work with you? So yeah, cold emails don't really work. The only time when they work is when you are doing them as, um, is when they're doing them as uh, humanized as possible so i mean you uh, can't just send the cold email with the without any personalization right now so what we started doing we found like over 600 um, recruiters uh, who were hiring in tech and we wrote them a sequence of emails um, because like one one email is not enough now you should send like a good sequence and we asked them for their help so we said hi we're six nomads we want to um, enter the israeli market and we need your help we want to go through a short interview with you when it's like your opinion matters let's um let's set up a call and it actually worked really well because people were curious about like what's going on in the world and how does it work and yeah so we, we that, that that kind of cold emailing really worked for us and it's still working got it um so sunil was asking the question um what are the biggest fears of remote workers and what research studies and tools can your company offer to help reduce these fears so um biggest fears of remote workers if you mean remote individuals like developers or designers they actually are much more brave than for example managers or companies so they don't have like fears but if you if you work remotely if you started working remotely for the first like half year or maybe year uh you have to like find a new way of managing your time and yourself uh, and also like the biggest maybe disadvantage of remote work for um, uh, remote individuals is uh, actually loneliness so when you're working from like home and even if you have like your I don't know family with you or like meeting your friends, you're still gonna feel a little bit lonely because you don't have this, um, you know, support of um, your team sitting next to you. And this is the problem we're trying to deal with. We're trying to work on some kind of, you know, um, uh, tips and tricks on how to work remotely and don't feel like, you know, lonely and stuff. Yeah, see that Sunil said that he's asking about the fears of the managers hiring remote workers. And um, well, first of all, is lack of control. So people are asking us, 
what if remote developer will just i don't know like will be gone in the blue what if he just disappear and uh, because people have this experience working with freelancers and not all of them are reliable and then can really like just drop you out or like just disappear they have this feeling that they cannot control it even if you have signed a contract even if you have like onboard someone for your team you just they're scared that people will disappear first of all uh so i can't i can't tell you like uh some really new and outstanding tools that you can use to reduce this fear. So the usual toolkit of every remote team is like using Slack, using Zoom, using some kind of, I don't know, Notion, for example, to, uh, to create notes or something. But reducing fear is not made by the tool, it's usually made by like, the slight change of their mindset. So if if you have a manager who is really terrified of go of, of a remote team, you should not <laughs> you should not put him in charge of this um, like never because it's not gonna work. So the people either should be at least open to this idea, or you should not just start with that. And unfortunately, most of the people right now are so used to work in the office and they're scared of losing this uh, illusion of control, illusion of like seeing people around them. So yeah, it's just like, I think we need just more time. Just a couple of years will pass and more people will understand how convenient and cool is that to work remotely. But right now we can fix it with a tool. Yeah, I hear more and more stories of like success, use of remote work. And I think that that will actually work in a couple of years and spread to the masses, let's say so. Um, so you said that you gathered your first clients really from your network, right? Um, do you think you would be able to start the whole company to actually expand it uh, if you didn't have that network of uh, people working in tech? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was my network actually it was like just some new people to me I was just like really persuasive of you know chasing them and finding them and talking to them it was like my my network was like at that times was just like a, like all startup founders from Moscow or like from Russia but nothing much of like international global businesses so yeah, here it is. Uh, many people think that without a network, you can't really start anything since most of the great stories, like, uh, I can't think of one now, <laughs> but many great stories start from people actually working with their friends and helping them out first, and then they're expanding. But yeah, it's 21st century. You can reach out to anyone through LinkedIn, email, etc. And as you said, cold emails actually work. And I've heard that Many people uh, use cold emails as a way to connect to people, but not to push some sale to them or anything like that, but to actually ask for help. That's the only way it can work. Um, can you add anything else to your growth hacking skills, let's say so, uh, or tricks? Yeah, sure. I actually have a, a couple of 
things I can share with you guys. For example, um, we needed to attract as many people as possible to our platform, as many developers as possible to our platform, because we have really severe um, assessment, like three-stage assessment process, and only like 5% of all people who are reaching out to Six Nomads are good enough to become um, our talent on the platform. And therefore, we need to attract like the a lot of people to our website. And we tried different things. And um, we tried, for example, paid outreach with uh, Facebook ads, with um, Reddit ads, and so on. But they really actually didn't work well. And at some point, I was very familiar with Quora, uh, the website. And um, for my pre one of my previous projects, I was doing like marketing there. So it's simply answering questions for the people, uh, including your product. This is what we've been doing. And we started doing this for six nomads too. And it appeared that a lot of people uh, from different places in the world are asking like, how can they start a remote career? And it was a big question for us. For example, if you if you just Google right now, so like, how can I become a remote developer? You will see like a tons of uh, quite similar and copycat um, blog posts. But people are still asking these questions, and we started answering them, and it actually boosted our um, boosted our. Um, sorry about that. So yeah, we had traffic. A, yeah, yeah, boosted our traffic, and we were uh, we st we started like doing this thing. I would say professionally. So we have right now like a crawler, which is. Uh, uh, warning us when the like uh, question that is similar to our topic is coming, and we're answering it. And we're also using right now. You can promote. It was like it's a new thing in uh, Quora advertising, but right now you can promote like not not do the like usual banner advertising, but you can promote your answer. And this thing re really works well because you can really um, recognize. Was it like a promoted answer or it just like very popular answer? And this is what we started doing and it's actually going pretty cool. So uh, in terms of attracting people like which we, who we cannot reach uh, like on other platforms. Also, one of the like tips and tricks of working with the hiring and HR tech is of course LinkedIn. And there you can like go crazy creative and uh, create a lot of stuff there. For example, at some point we created a um, fake LinkedIn account of developer just to see how many, um, like of a very cool developer from London, he's like uh, a top front-end developer in the world. <laughs> and we created him to see how many uh, job propositions he will get. So how many offers will recruiters send them? And it was like, it was really crazy when we put uh, like at his profile that he was looking for new opportunities. It was like 200 emails from different recruiters per day. 
So every day this developer were, was having like a 200 emails, uh, 200 emails in LinkedIn of uh, different recruiters asking him to go for a job. And it's actually very, very scary data. And we, we, we were thinking, we were actually considering started um, um, making the same thing, the same mistake. So we wanted to use LinkedIn for talent attraction. But after this, this experiment, we understood that that's clearly not going to work because of the amount, because of the volume of noise people are having right now. That actually reminds me of an episode in uh, Silicon Valley show. Uh, has anyone seen it? Yes. So pretty much what happened there was that uh, one guy, one great developer, was looking for started looking for a job, and the next couple of days he got just like a shit ton of presents from different recruiters just to get him to an interview, which is crazy. That's true. So uh, I guess the baseline here is that uh, just try different tools to see which one works as the best traction channel for you. Um, and just don't be afraid to try different things. Don't just stick to an old tool that everyone is using. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we'll wrap it up here since it's 30 minutes. Uh, thanks a lot, Xenia, for being here and sharing some uh, really interesting information. I really love the part about Quora. I've never heard about that. And it definitely sounds like a working tool. So uh, I'll definitely share it in the, our Founders Radio chat so that everyone can check it out. Sure. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I will post uh, the episode in uh, Founders Radio podcast on uh, Spotify so everyone who missed it can check it out. All right. And have a great weekend, guys. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks.